This is the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. You can make it. Amen? 
You can make it. You can make it. Open your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 26. We're in what I consider to be a very important series that discusses some virtues that not only deal with our walk with God, but they're also foundational ingredients for every society. And the motivation for this series is that in our country and and really in a good part, majority part of the world, these virtues seem to be vanishing. And so we've entitled this series, Vanishing Virtues. Last week we talked about the vanishing virtue of honor. Today we're going to study the virtue of loyalty. Now, as we did last week, let's look at a verse that will serve as our, our memory verse for, uh, for this lesson. Um, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6. Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one that is really faithful? And, and this verse is, is basically saying that most all of us will say, Hey, you can, you can count on me. I'll be in your corner. But I found it doesn't take much for us to turn on each other. One misunderstood action, maybe one harsh word, we turn on a dime and no longer have anything to do with that person. So let's go ahead. Um, You have uh, your memory verse, the card there. If you've got that in your hand uh, on the count of three, I'd like for us out loud to say our memory verse together so that we can try to get this embedded in our our hearts and minds. Everybody got the card there? One, two, three. Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? Proverbs 26. Here at the beginning, let's establish a couple of foundational thoughts. Disloyalty is very difficult to spot in the mirror. Now, we can spot disloyalty in everybody else. I can spot disloyalty in Dick. He can spot it in me. You know, we can see that a thousand miles away. Um, In fact, one of our favorite phrases today is, and this would not have made sense 20 years ago or so, but we love to say, boy, they threw us under the bus. You know, we like to use that phrase today. And, and, and when we say that, we're upset because someone was not loyal to us. So it's easy to spot disloyalty in others, but when it comes to our own disloyalty, it's like we become blind. And if we're ever accused of turning on someone, our attitude is like, well, they deserved it. It's almost like we say, hey, I'm your loyal friend. You can count on me, but if you ever do anything or say anything that upsets me, you'll be sorry, you'll regret it, and you will be the cause of our relationship going south. So in other words, most of the time, our loyalty is conditional. As long as you don't make me mad, as long as you don't say anything to hurt my feelings, as long as you don't throw me under the bus, 
you can count on me to be your loyal friend. To give you an example, poor Jean, the first Sunday back after surgery, I'm going to just pick on you here. Uh, and I don't know if you remember this or, or not, but back a few years ago, Jean was uh, helping me on a project at, at the farm, and I don't remember where it was. I don't know if it was my cabin or at the well house. I don't remember, but we got into a huge red wasp nest. And, um, you know, they started coming after us. And, and, you know, I'm not real fast top end, but my first 10 steps are pretty quick. And, and, and I knew I didn't have to be real fast. I just needed to be faster than Gene. And so when those red wasps were coming, it, it was like, Gene, you're my friend. I love you. I'll go, th- you know, I'll go with you through all of the surgeries that you've had. Um, I'll even walk with you to the valley of the shadow of death. But right now you're on your own. The Lord bless you, my friend. Keep you safe. And... Uh, and so I would call myself loyal to Gene. I'm not sure Gene would call me loyal to him. Now, my point is this, that many of us all day long will tell each other that we're loyal and we'll be there for them. And, and really think about how many times we've said that. You know, I'll be there for you. You can count on me. You know, maybe someone lost a loved one and we said we'd be there for them. But looking back, we never even called them. Or someone has surgery and we say, you know, you can count on me to help you during your recovery. But we never do anything for them. Or how about this? Someone goes through a really hard time and we say, I will be praying for you. But we forget to pray for them. So as our memory verse says many will say they are our loyal friend but the reality is who can find one who is really faithful let me give you another example of disloyalty and and this one comes straight from the new testament there was a man who is probably as vocal about his loyalty as anyone his name was peter one day peter and kind of in cedar county language basically said hey jesus i've got your back and You know, I can't speak for the rest of these disciples. They're probably slackers and just flaky fishermen. But trust me, you can always count on me and I will be your loyal supporter. You know, as that country song says, and Peter probably didn't say it this way, but I think Peter was basically saying, come hell or high water, Jesus, I will be there for you. Guaranteed, I promise, you can count on me. But what happened? Well, we pick up the story in Matthew chapter 26, verse 33, Peter declared, Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. That's the kind of loyalty that Peter was promising. You know, even if I have to stand alone, if everybody else leaves, Jesus, I'll be with you. Verse 34, Peter, Jesus replied, the truth is, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. No, Peter insisted. Not even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. Again, he's saying, Jesus, I'll never throw you under the bus. But you know the rest of the story. Before the evening was over, three different people came up and said, Hey, Peter, weren't you with that guy named Jesus? And Peter was like, Jesus, hmm, who's that? 
I guess I don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about. And if you remember the account, he even swore, and after that third denial, Jesus' words came true, and the rooster crowed. And you can almost sense Peter's despair as he realized that not only had he denied Christ once, he had denied him and been disloyal to him three times. And when the realization hit him, the Bible says, he went outside and wept bitterly. Well, Peter's account leads us to the second foundational thought. Number two, true loyalty is proven, not spoken. Your loyalty is proven by your actions, not your words. What you say really doesn't matter that much. You know, just as what you say about loving God with all your heart doesn't matter that much, you know, sometimes I hear people say, Oh, I just love Jesus so much. That's nice. Anybody can say that. And most everybody in Cedar County will say, Oh, I love God. I just love Him with all my heart. And people will get up and give testimonies, and, and testimonies are good. You know, the Bible says that we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. There's a place for testimonies, but, but I'm not real big. I'll just be honest with you. I'm not real big on making testimonies the foundation of our church service. There's a place for it. And there are some organizations that build everything around testimonies, but the foundation has to be the word. Because even though testimonies are encouraging, yet sometimes they're hollow. And, and I know I just offended a few of you. But the way that you live your life shows who you truly are. And saying you love Jesus, oh, I love Him, it's easy to do. But showing you love Jesus is harder to do. You know, saying you love someone is easy to do. Showing you love someone is harder to do. And so when it comes to loyalty, what you do speaks louder than what you say. You know, as that saying goes, your actions speak so loudly that I can't hear what you're saying. One of the greatest examples of loyalty in sports history took place in 1947 with Pee Wee Reese, who is white, Jackie Robinson, who is black. You've heard the story, but it's just a great story. They both played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. They became very good friends. And, of course, Jackie Robinson was the first African-American man to break the color barrier in baseball, and he was met with much opposition, not only with fans, but with some of his own teammates. And it was said that he received death threats simply because of the color of his skin. But when Brooklyn was playing Cincinnati, Jackie Robinson was playing second base. His friend Pee Wee Reese was playing shortstop. The crowd started throwing things and booing and yelling horrible racial slurs to Jackie Robinson. Pee Wee Reese couldn't take it anymore. This was his friend. They were booing. He became angry and so he took off his glove and in anger threw it down in the dirt. Walked over to second base where Jackie Robinson was. And while looking up and staring down the booing crowd, Reese simply did this. He put his arm around his friend. And that stadium all of a sudden became deathly silent as a white man embraced a black man. And that became such a special moment in history that they even made a statue to symbolize this act of loyalty between two very special friends. Here's the statue that they made. 
with God. That day, loyalty was proven by Pee Wee Reese and not just spoken. Now, in the Bible, there are many stories of loyalty, and, and I want to show you what is probably one of my favorites, and let me give you the context of the story. It was during the time when David was king of Israel. David had a son that ended up bringing him much heartache. His name was Absalom. The heartache started when some things happened in the family that were very tragic. Absalom's sister Tamar was raped by Absalom's half-brother named Amnon. Now, there are a lot of lessons that we could take from this story. And one was that David, the dad, the king, really didn't do anything about it. He was angry but didn't deal with this sin, didn't deal with this crime appropriately. And Amnon should have been punished, but he wasn't. So Absalom decided to take matters into his own hands. But he waited until what in his mind was the right time, which was about two years. And, and then he had his servants murder Amnon. Well, after that happened, Absalom knew that he'd better run. And so, so he ran and went into a period of hiding. Now, David during this time was obviously very upset over this whole situation. But he still loved Absalom, his son. And so he told the people, please deal gently with my son. Don't kill him. Don't hurt him. Even though Absalom would have absolutely nothing to do with his dad. Well, things were building for about three years. And during this time, Absalom was building his own reputation, building his own army, and undermining everything about his dad, King David. Finally, after those three years, Absalom returned to Jerusalem with an army to overthrow his father. And this did not make sense because David was his dad. David had been so loving to him, but Absalom, in, a, in an act of disloyalty, began fighting against his dad. The result was that King David went on the run to save his own life. Well, a man by the name of Ittai, or also pronounced Ittai, showed up on the scene. He was basically a mercenary, a hired soldier who was a, command, who, uh, who was a commander of 600 men. And, and Ittai... Though he had nothing to gain out of this, volunteered to fight on behalf of David. Let's read the story. It's a great story. Second Samuel chapter 15, verse 19. Then the king turned to Ittai, the captain of the Gittites, and asked, Why are you coming with us? Go on back with your men to King Absalom, for you are a guest in Israel, a foreigner in exile. You arrived only yesterday, and now should I force you to wander with us? I don't even know where we'll go. Go on back and take your troops with you and may the Lord show you his unfailing love and faithfulness. In other words, you know what? You don't have to fight in this battle. There's no need for your men to get injured or killed. Go home. This may turn ugly. I don't even know how I'm going to handle this. But watch the loyalty in verse 21. But Ittai said to the king, I vow by the Lord and by your own life, that I will go wherever you go, no matter what happens, whether it means life or death. And so after he proclaimed his loyalty, he proved it as he led his 600 men in battle and fought faithfully for David. And his loyalty later was rewarded as David elevated him to be in charge of about a third of his troops because he embraced the virtue of loyalty. Now, Let's bring this matter of loyalty down to where we live. And, and what I want to do for the next few moments is something a bit different. I'm going to change characters for just a few moments, okay? I'll be right back.
I am now going to become sarcastic Joe. And I'm going to take a cynical and a sarcastic approach. And I want to tell you how to be disloyal. A great place for your disloyalty to begin would be with your friends. Remember, I'm sarcastic Joe. Just forget about what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. You know, it says there, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. But one of the great ways to be disloyal to your friends is to gossip about them. I mean, go to the church and, and then go home and say, can you believe the way they spend their money? Can you believe the color of so-and-so's hair? Um, can you believe they bought a new car? Can you believe they let their kids do this and that? That's just horrible. So just gossip about your friends. Or, or you don't have to just gossip, but you can listen to gossip and, and, and don't correct or stop anyone from gossiping. You know, another great way to be disloyal is to not love your friends Enough to tell them the truth. You know, if they ask you something and the truth might be uncomfortable to them, by all means, lie. Remember, sarcastic joke. Your job is to make them feel good. Don't love them enough to stand in their way and say, you know, because I'm your friend. I'm going to say some things to you. I don't want you to do something destructive to you. Don't, don't do that. And then here. Whenever you do have a little tiff with someone, get upset and just walk away and write them off. I mean, don't do the biblical thing of forgive and, and work through it. You know, what's hot today is to walk away. Oh, man, I like that. Doesn't that sound good? You know, when someone hurts you, just walk away. It's the easiest thing to do. What's hot today is to just walk away. Well, let's keep on going. You can also be disloyal to Christ's church. Now, let me say it this way. You can be disloyal to the church, capital C, which is the church of Jesus Christ, you know, across the world, millions and millions of believers across the world. But then you can be disloyal to your own local church, small C. And really, when you look back at the New Testament Christians, they were, they were like really into this Christianity thing. I mean, they took Jesus seriously. But we've become enlightened today. It, it, it's another period of history. And, and the church thing is, is really old-fashioned. You know, plus the church can't save you. And not to mention that the church is full of hypocrites. And remember I, who I am. You know, in, in our enlightened world, we really don't have time to get involved in, in, in the church. And, oh, oh, yeah, we need a little bit of Jesus, but not so much that it, may, it takes time away from us or anything like that. We sure don't want to be tied down on our weekends. And when you look at those New Testament Christians, they were crazy. They were radical. I mean, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says what? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to sharing in meals, and to prayer and that's a lot of stuff. Who has time for that today in 2019? 
It, it looked like they were just little, this little disgusting community that did life together and cared about one another and ministered to one another and, and got deep into committed relationship. We don't have time for that. Come on, that's ridiculous. And, and besides that, what fun is it if we can't fight and divide and jump churches if things don't go our way? You know, this unity thing is overrated and outdated. And, and, and while we're at it, let's get real churchy and criticize all the other churches in town. And try to promote our church as being the only true church. And well, that's good stuff. Let's make every other church in town look like a false cult. Remember? Sarcastic Joe? And you know what else the Bible says that's ridiculous? Acts 2.45 says, Selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. That's crazy. I mean, you work hard for your money, and there's no way that God expects you to give it away. I mean, He wants you to enjoy your money and the stuff that you get with your money. And then, I mean, this is really crazy. Acts chapter 2, verse 46, it says, Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. Is that like overboard? I mean, this was a daily commitment. We don't have time for once a week, much less once a day. So don't worry about loyalty to the church. Just make sure you attend church sporadically. And if you do go, make sure you go with a consumer mindset. You know, I'm looking for a church that meets my needs. Hmm. Don't ever start thinking that you're the church and you're here to meet the needs of the world. I mean, that's, that's obviously messed up. Look for a church that meets your needs. And, and what's great, if you're a true consumer, you can go in and say, Hey, I like the youth group here. Uh, I like the kids club here. I like worship here. I like the podcast from this church. And so we go to all of these different places and consume. And we don't give and we don't get involved. We don't serve. You know, because the church exists for us. And then if anyone ever does or says something you don't like, like maybe what Pastor Sarcastic Joe is doing right now, or if someone doesn't smile at you, don't ever come back. That, that's how to be disloyal. By the way, this is harder to preach than what you would imagine. <laughs> but before I switch out of my Sarcastic Joe personality, another place we can be disloyal is with God. You know, it's okay if we're disloyal to God at times. I mean, He knows my heart. He knows that I love Him. So if I say a bad word now and then and gossip now and then and look at pornography now and then and, and only read my Bible now and then, He's okay with it. I mean, He created us as fallible human beings. He knows I love Him. He'll look past that. Let me get out of my sarcastic world. Um, uh-oh. And I want to spend the last few moments of our lesson trying to tie it all together. And I want to discuss a question that brings this matter of loyalty into focus. And it's the question, where is disloyalty born? And I believe it's answered in the one statement, all disloyalty is born out of a divided heart. 
And to help explain that, think about loyalty from God's perspective. God created us so, so that he could have an intimate, ongoing fellowship with us. And he was so loyal to us that while we were still sinners, while we were disloyal to him, he loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to die for our sins. But here's what he asks for. In the New Testament, a man asked Jesus, what's the big commandment? And Jesus answered, well, it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Did you notice the word all? All? All your heart. All your mind. All your soul. All your strength. That's complete loyalty. So in a moment of transparency, think about this. Does God have all, all of your heart? Or is it divided? Does God have all of your mind? Does God have all of your soul? Does God have all of your strength? And you know, this morning I can't speak for you, but I'm afraid at times I have to acknowledge that sometimes I do have a divided heart. I'm afraid sometimes I have a divided loyalty. I have a mind that's not always completely on God. And it's so easy for me to give God some of me, but not all of me. And, and here's my concern. My, my guess is that most people will be able to shake this message off today because we've become very skilled at shaking off what is uncomfortable for us. You know, most of us will probably shake this off and go on and life will be normal. But, but here's what James says. This is a verse that gets me. He says, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And unfortunately, I think that's where sometimes we find ourselves. Loyalty is divided. God, the world. And then James chapter 4 verse 9 says, Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. You know, when we get close to God, He will help us see our unfaithfulness and disloyalty. And it should drive us to our knees in repentance. And so I wonder this morning as we go, and I'm not going to tell any story or anything like that, just, just going to bring it like it is. I wonder if some of us need to restore this vanishing virtue of loyalty in our hearts. I, I wonder if some of us need to go to our friends and say, I haven't been a good friend. I haven't been there for you. I haven't been praying for you. I've been too consumed with my own life. You said something that kind of hurt my feelings and I wrote you off. And I wonder if we don't need to go to them and say, with God's help, I'm going to be a true friend for you. I wonder if some of us need to repent because we've not been faithful to the church. Now, the good news is that many of you have been. You recognize that you are the church, and I praise God for you. But there may be some that are just going to church. 
You know, the Bible calls us to be the church, and some people still think it's a place that you go to. And I pray that we will become the church and be loyal to Christ's church for which he died. And then there may be some that have just been giving lip service to God, and, and deep down we know that. You know, we know that there's a divided heart, and we've been disloyal. So could we just maybe pray and ask God to cleanse us? Forgive our divided heart. Forgive our disloyalty. And may we see the virtue of loyalty restored in our lives. How will that look for us today? That means that we're not going to, just because someone upsets us, it doesn't mean that we will turn on them and that we will walk away from them. That's what that means. And I know that's the easiest thing to do. Well, he hurt me, hurt my feelings, didn't smile at me. We write them off. But I believe that will change some of our lives. You know, there are some people, I, I've, I've noticed, I've tracked this, there are some people that they become good friends with somebody and then there's a little tiff and they move on to another friend and then there's a tiff and they move on to another friend. I wonder if God wouldn't be calling us to become loyal, loyal friends. Lord, I know this was a little bit different type of lesson. And God, I pray that we would see the virtue of loyalty restored in our lives. Father, would you make us loyal to each other? God, even when somebody may hurt our feelings, Lord, we need loyalty. When someone goes through a hard time, we say, you can count on me, but we're not there for them. Lord, I pray that you would give us loyalty to your church. And we know the church doesn't save us. We know that there are hypocrites in every church. But Father, you love the church. And I pray that we would have a loyalty, a loyalty to the house of God. And then more than anything else, I pray that we would love God with a loyalty Lord, all our strength, all our soul, our mind. And Father, I just pray that this week we would see a difference in our lives. Just as last week we talked about honor. And I pray that we would add to that virtue, loyalty. Thank you again for your presence. And I just pray a blessing upon these wonderful people that have come. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.